0: Sam Sam was in a foul mood It started when he got the mail He had snuck the letter back into his room Grandpa was snoring in the lazy boy watching his shows It felt wrong to take his parents' mail If his dad knew, he would have given Sam a hiding This, however, was important Sam opened it and stared at it Three F's Held back. Shit. He knew he had no choice. Even though he thought it might happen, he just couldn't bring himself to believe that it would. He didn't think that the bastard would do it. Shit. He should have made an earlier start. He knew that as well. He kept thinking of things that he might need. Then his bag was too heavy. So then he had to take most of it out. Two pairs of underwear four pairs of socks. Grandpa was always going on about how important socks were when you were in combat. Being on the road, that would be like combat, so four pairs of socks. An extra t-shirt, a jacket, all the money from his piggy bank, a bottle of water, a loaf of bread, a jar of peanut butter, and his knife. The map he printed of the U.S. from Google so he wouldn't get lost. Mom and Dad came home at 6.30. It was almost 2. He needed to be gone, but he needed to think. Clear plan of action, like Grandpa always said. He needed a clear plan of action. He wished he could talk to Grandpa about it, but it was exhausting, shouting to get himself heard, and he wasn't too sure how much Grandpa understood anymore. Sam paused at Grandpa's chair. The old man continued to snore. He hoped Grandpa wouldn't get into too much trouble. The old man didn't deserve half the crap that Sam's father threw at him. Couldn't be helped. Sam had no choice. He knew that Grandpa would understand if he knew the reasons. Sam really wanted to hurt someone. He was mad and frustrated. This wasn't his fault and he needed to lash out. Without really paying attention to what they were doing, Sam's feet had taken him to the park. He looked around, hoping, but none of his usual victims were there. No real surprise. It had started to drizzle. Everyone was probably at home on their couch watching afternoon tunes. Everyone but Sam. Sam couldn't go home. Sam couldn't ever go home. That's when Sam saw the other kid, hunched into the nook by the oak tree. Sam's favorite place to sit and think. Sam's temper boiled. His eyes brightened at the thought of being able to inflict some pain. That kid had no right being in his place. That kid was going to be taught a lesson. The kid had on a gray, shapeless hoodie covering his face. Hey! What do you think you're doing? That's my spot, Sam shouted, standing just a couple of feet away, close enough to spring. The young woman looked up at the skinny, toe-headed kid. I don't see your name on it, she replied in an even tone. Sam was taken back. He was a she, and older than he had thought. Sure it does, right there. I carved it myself, Sam pointed to the tree trunk. He was having problems letting go of his indignation. You shouldn't do that. It isn't nice. How would you like it if someone carved their name into you? Sam looked at her like she was crazy. It's just a stupid tree. It ain't got no feelings. The young woman arched her eyebrow at him. Are you sure about that? This made Sam pause. He squatted down beside her and pulled off his backpack. "'Why ain't you at home?' he asked her. "'She countered with, "'Why aren't you?' "'Don't have a home,' Sam lied easily. "'The young woman looked at him carefully, as if tasting the lie, "'finding that there were bits of truth in it, "'a twisted truth, but still truth. "'Where are your parents?' she asked. "'This kid wasn't homeless, on his own.' She had seen homeless kids, both with and without protectors. This kid was too clean, well taken care of to be on the street on his own. They're dead. They got killed. This felt more like fear than truth to the young woman. This was not going to be easy. She was going to have to take great care. That's sad. I'm sorry for your loss. Sam shrugged and looked down. He noticed her knapsack and looked up at her, studying her. Plain jeans, hiking boots, hoodie. Are you on the road, too? She nodded, seeing no reason to lie. Then you can take me with you, Sam declared. The young woman shook her head no. But you got to, Sam protested. The young woman says, I don't have to do any such thing. Sam threw himself down beside her and pouted. "'Why are you really running?' she asked. "'Don't you have any friends, family, teachers? "'I'm sure there's someone.' Sam pretended not to hear her and continued his pout. He felt he was a master pouter. It always wore his mom down. She'd give him whatever he wanted. The young woman nudged him with her elbow. "'Jimmy was my friend.' "'But not no more,' Sam leaned back against the tree. "'It comforted him, eased his anger. "'Me and Jimmy were bestest friends. "'We did computer stuff together. "'Jimmy was great with computers. "'He even built one on his own with the help of his dad. "'We had computer class together, "'and Mr. Lawrence said Jimmy was special. "'Mr. Lawrence had all this great computer stuff "'and games and things in his house.' Special kids could come over after school and play and learn stuff. Special stuff. Jimmy, of course, got to go. But he talked Mr. Lawrence into letting me come, too. Mr. Lawrence really liked Jimmy and would spend even more time with him. Sometimes he'd give Jimmy presents like a Game Boy and new games for it. I really didn't like Mr. Lawrence sometimes. It just didn't feel right the way he would touch me or look at me. It would make me feel yucky. I told my dad I didn't want to go over to Mr. Lawrence, that Mr. Lawrence was weird. My dad, he smacked me for that, said I had to respect my elders and how Mr. Lawrence was doing me a favor and I should be grateful. So I kept going to Mr. Lawrence's house for extra stuff with Jimmy. Then one day I was late getting to Mr. Lawrence's. Mrs. Clark made me stay late at school because I didn't do so good on her test When I got there, Jimmy was crying He said Mr. Lawrence had hurt him in a bad place He said Mr. Lawrence told Jimmy he couldn't tell anyone Not even me, but I made Jimmy tell me Mr. Lawrence saw us talking and said If we told our parents, he'd kill them Mr. Lawrence is like my grandpa He was in the war Grandpa only talks about socks, but Mr. Lawrence... He talks about other things about the war He has a machete He used to cut people's heads off with it Mr. Lawrence picked Jimmy up and held him Said that pain was important and He had given Jimmy a special gift Because without pain there ain't going to be no pleasure Next time Jimmy would see that it was good He told me I shouldn't worry about Jimmy Jimmy was just being silly "'Nothing had really had happened. They were just playing around. "'Then Jimmy gives me this.' "'Sam held out a Game Boy to the young woman. "'He said if I told anyone anything, he'd tell people I stole in the game "'and they would believe him and I'd go to jail. "'Jimmy's going up. He passed. I got held back. "'Mr. Lawrence can't hurt Jimmy anymore, and there's only me.' "'So so you gotta take me with you. I'll even pay. I've got money. I have have over forty-seven dollars.' "'The young woman nodded and asked, "'Have you got a phone?' "'Sam said, "'You want my phone? Sure, you can have my phone. You can take me.' "'She nodded and held out her hand. "'Sam searched through his bag for the phone. It had gone in first, so it was way down at the bottom.' She took a notebook and a pencil from her bag and Sam's phone, telling Sam to wait just a minute. She stepped a little ways away from him, just out of air shot, and she started dialing. She took some notes, and she dialed again, and she made some more notes, and then she hung up. She gave Sam back his phone, saying, you hang on to this. Shouldering her knapsack, she said, let's go. Sam scrambled to his feet, hefting his backpack and wrestling it onto his back. She held out her hand to him. Sam scoffed, I ain't no baby. She smiled and said, I know, still holding her hand out. Sam took it, grateful for its warmth. Sam was confused about where they were going. He thought they would be walking the railroad tracks. She was taking him in towards town. They came to a small yellow brick house. The yard was a mess of weeds and rocks and moss. Looked like people made a habit of parking in it. Sam looked at the young woman, puzzled. She had pressed the doorbell. A tall blonde woman answered the door. She nodded to the young woman, and stood back to let them pass. I need to talk to someone here before I can leave. Is that all right, Sam? Sam shrugged. He was anxious to get out on the road, but he also knew he was better off sticking with her. The blonde woman asked Sam, You want a pop and some cookies while you wait? Sam's eyes brightened. He had been getting a little hungry. The blonde woman led Sam into a kitchen area of the house gave him a paper plate and napkins, put a cold can of Coke and a package of Oreos on the table. Help yourself. She then sat down at the table and started typing into her laptop. Soon the young woman came back, but she wasn't alone. Sam, this is Melissa. Melissa's going to help you, but only if you're brave and tell her the truth. She can protect you and your parents. Sam jumped up, jostling the table, and shouted, ''No! I won't go with you! You said you'd take me with you! You said I could go with you!'' The young woman kneeled down and looked at Sam in the eyes. ''I can't. I can't keep you safe. I can't give you what you need. Melissa can. That's why I brought you here, Sam.'' This is all I can do for you. Sam looked into her face. He saw pain, but he also saw sincerity. She was telling him the truth. He looked at Melissa standing behind the young woman and whispered, But but will she believe? Tell her the truth. Tell her about Jimmy. Tell her about Mr. Lawrence. Trust her, Sam. The young woman whispered back. Sam looked at Melissa. She wasn't the same as the young woman. She was pretty, with bright eyes. Her skin was a rich bronze, and she wore her black hair long and in small braids. She wasn't the same at all. Yet there was something in her eyes that made Sam think that maybe they were quite a bit alike. Sam nodded. The young woman stood and hugged Melissa, whispering something to her. Then she turned. Sam grabbed her, hugging her fiercely, as if he was trying to imprint her onto his being. She hugged him back and then pulled away. Melissa motioned to Sam to follow her. Sam picked up his coke and backpack and went with Melissa. The young woman lowered her head and sighed. She shook her body, then squared her shoulders, and walked out into the rain. As the door closed behind her, the sign that read Rape Crisis Center rattled.